What's up, guys? It's Tom. Uh, just wanted to give you a preview of what we were talking about this week. So Sean and I just wanted to go about talking about the draft. It's about an hour-long podcast. Only talk to NBA. Um, we'll we'll talk about the MLB plenty in the summer, but we went in depth on picks one through just about 14, 15 range, and then we talked a little more um, in depth about you know some picks that we thought were good deeper in the round, and then more importantly about the Knicks and the Nets. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Tom, what's up, man? NBA drafts all finished up. Um, that's pretty much all we're going to talk about today. So why don't we jump right into it? Let's get um, after it. I'm really happy with what the Knicks did. Um, I, we can go up and down the draft first, but just to start off the bat, I'm really happy with what the Knicks did. Um, it's a safe pick. So Hey, but, how could you not be? I mean, I, I think you know that was a pick where the guy has a lot of upside. He's a polished player. Uh, as far as being in a big-time Division One college basketball program, uh, there's something to be said for that. Those Kentucky players have a good success rate. Obviously, Malik Monk didn't have a great first year. We'll see where he Keep, where he ends up. He, um, will, he will. But I think this was a really good pick for a team that uh, you know is going to be missing Porzingis, and they need to kind of have a reason. You have to have a reason to watch him, and I think he could be an exciting young player, somebody to build around a bit. Yeah, and the Knicks needed a wing. I mean, this is a point guard league, but you can also get a Dennis Schroeder or even like a guy like Shane Larkin for for practically nothing. And wings are really tough to come by, and this guy's got all the measurables and very I mean, versatile too. Yeah. No, and he's a much he's a better ball handler already than Michael Porter, and he was, I believe, the youngest or the second youngest player in the draft. He so. was the youngest. There's a lot. Second a lot straight of year with the Knicks picking the youngest player in the draft. Yeah, and you know Nilakina, I think is going to have a good second year too. I still don't think he's a you know a starting point guard. I think he's more of a two or a, or an in between guard, but. You know, I, I really like Neil Akina. He's already one of the best he, perimeter defenders. Yeah, in the he's ahead of the game defensively for sure yeah. from the guard position. And, you know, we forget that the Knicks have some, you know, decent guards coming back. Trey Burke really looked to have figured it out. Um, you know, people c- compare him to a light version of Allen Iverson. When I say light, I mean, like, really fucking light. Yeah, I don't know um, if you can get much lighter than that. Yeah, that is... Um, That's quite the comp. Even yeah. the name is a little bit uh, little bit had, of a reach, but... Yeah, and then you have Tim Hardaway Jr., um, good player, decent defensively. You know, I think they spent a lot of money on him, but you already spent the money, so let's see how he can do it. And with Porzingis being out next year, I just want to see what Fizdale can do, honestly. Um, well, this is going to be his project. We alluded to it in a previous pod when we had mentioned, you know, his hiring and, and kind of got your thoughts on the matter. And he wants to play. And that's player development's going to be a big thing. You have a lottery pick now. You got to develop him. He has yeah. to be better. He's going to have a lot of opportunity to play on a team that's not going to be very good. So he should be able to take those steps, go through the growing pains of a regular season. And uh, you hope by this time next year you have another pillar in a building block system for your organization. Absolutely. All right. So let's jump into the draft at the beginning. Um, so first two picks as expected. DeAndre and, um, you know, I really I, – that's that, that was the pick that was going to be made. I mean, I think he's going to be really, really good off the bat offensively. If he can just assert himself defensively, I think he'll be a throwback big man. Um, in a league where they don't have any, but 
But he, he has looks like a young. I mean, another crazy comparison. He looks like a young Shaq out there. He uh, does, but he has a much athletic. more polished offensive game. Oh yeah, and a great yeah, jumper too. Can shoot. So he he's somebody that you know he was his talent would not have allowed him to go anything less than one. That was the pick that was there. He can stay home from concerns being an Arizona Wildcat to now a son. Concerns about his work ethic, but, you know, there's been guys before that there's been concerns. So young, too, and you got to wonder, you know, we spoke to it, too, is he could have been a little bit more aggressive in that Buffalo game, of course, but you know what? That was his only tournament game. You really don't want to make judgments and cast judgments upon him. And, hey, guess what? I don't really think Sean Miller's that great of a coach. He's a good recruiter. But he's not that great of yeah, a coach. Listen, so. he's going to get the keys to the car on this uh, in this Phoenix Suns team, and yeah, they're going to build. Booker's pretty good. Booker's man. great. Booker's great. But they're going to build from you know in the in inside of that of that roster. Uh, he he's going to be that presence down low that you look oh, yeah. for this to kind of go be, high low with the Booker. I don't expect this team, especially in the Western Conference, to make make you know some playoff noise. But they're going to be significantly better. I don't expect them to have the top pick for a long time. They're going to be a lot of fun. And they made an interesting move. Um, I don't know if it will really pay off for them. But, I mean, to think that you have a starting lineup of, you know, Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, Josh Jackson, DeAndre Ayton, and Marquise Chris, whoever at the power forward position. I mean, between Mikhail Bridges and Josh Jackson, you're going to have two of the best wing defenders out there. Yeah. Um, I mean, they can guard one through four. Um, and they can do a really good job at it. And then a pick and roll of Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. It's, I mean, listen, I understand why they gave up that Miami pick in the trade. Don't really know if I can support it. We can talk about that a little bit further when we start to talk about, you know, further down the lottery. But, you know, if they if they thought Mikael Bridges was their guy, I mean, I, I definitely like that team. They're not going to be finishing at the bottom of the West this year. They're Absolutely not. Be the playoffs, not. But they'll be a, gr- they'll be a fun team. They have the opportunity, you know, drafting number one and being in the Western conference, which is, you know, really the warriors conference. And you got the Rockets right there. You know, they're going to have a lot of opportunity to grow. Uh, they're not going to be one of these teams in a conference like this that can really jump far. You still have an up and coming Utah team with Donovan Mitchell um, oh, the list goes on. The list Denver, goes on down the Utah, West. Oklahoma yeah. City. Portland's always relevant unless yep. they blow that thing up. So they can really develop that young nucleus and get rid of all the toxicity, which they did with Eric Bledsoe. Uh, allow that to be Devin Booker's team. Allow Aiton now to kind of come in. Allow um, Mikael Bridges to come, come on in. And they should be fun to watch. I think any game that they're on next year, there's going to be a lot of players on that on that team that jump off the screen. Yeah. So moving up to the second pick, um, another pick we kind of expected. Um, you know, Marvin Bagley. Yeah. The the guy I I've lost his name for a second. Um, <laughs> I got you, man. It's all <laughs> thank good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, I think he's probably going to put up numbers to be a top three rookie of the year candidate. I could honestly see, and it's unfortunate for the Kings because the Boston Celtics had their pick. Fucking absurd. But um, they I the wizardry them, of Danny Ainge. I can just... see them being in the lottery. Unfortunately, um, you know Bagley. He's not going to be I, the guy's a supreme athlete. I just don't see him being great defensively, and I think he's a good numbers on a bad squad kind of guy. I mean, he'll he'll probably average you know eighteen and ten next year. But what else does he have around him really? Buddy Healed. Yeah, and that's a stretch. Well, oh, uh, well, and obviously, well, they got Darren, Darren Fox. Fox too. I mean, but it's the Kings, Another man. They fun pick and roll, but I think they're going to be terrible defensively. Uh yeah. I mean, I, I, 
I think that they've been terrible. They're going to continue to be terrible. They keep taking chances on these really high athletic players, and it just hasn't panned out. You know, nothing seems to really work out there. Um, they have, to me, a lot of the same player. It's that it, it's kind of that wing guard player that can shoot, that's quick and athletic, but doesn't really have a polished game. Yeah, no skill, all, no. all raw talent. Yeah. And that and that seems. I mean, when you're in the lottery, picking in the you know top fo- four, five or four every single year, you have to kind of do that. But you'd think one of these guys would hit, and you know maybe Bagley does hit, but I'm not so sure about that. Um, he was a very good player at Duke this past year. He's got all the he's got all the measurables. He's got all the athleticism that you could that you could pinpoint and say, wow, this guy's going to be great. But you could say that about their last four draft picks, and it, it hasn't panned out for them yet. So um, it, it's just so tough to analyze these Western Conference teams, man. You know, I mean, it's the really the Warriors and everybody else. You know, the Rockets are, I guess, 1B, but I, it's hard to get excited with all that up-and-coming talent, as we mentioned, with the Utahs of the world and the Denvers. So who knows? Um they got to hit on some of these guys, you'd think. And maybe Bagley's point. the one, but, uh, you know, the, it's up for debate. Absolutely. Um, so the next pick, this is where things got a little bit interesting. So the Atlanta Hawks ended up taking Luka um, and then trading him for Trey Young and then a first-round pick. Um, this is some of the details on it just because these are really difficult to understand. Um, first-round pick to Atlanta protected for... Sex selections one through five in 2019, one through five in 2020, one through three in 2021, and then one through three in 2022. It becomes unprotected in 2023. Um, anything past 2021, high school players are going to be probably coming out. So then it gets really interesting. Yeah, that's on the pace it looks like they're going at. But right you now. would think that next year Dallas is probably going to be a, a much better fun team. They're probably not going to be picking in the top three. So Atlanta went and got themselves Trey Young. Um, I'm shocked. A, a guy who's got some star power or hopeful star power, which they've probably haven't had since Dominique Wilkins. I mean, they've had some solid players back when they had, you know, the four all-stars. Yeah, Al Horford. Teague, yeah. Al Horford and Paul Millsap. But those guys weren't really, you know, supreme superstars. And now you got a guy like Trey Young and you got a first-round pick out of it. But, you know, this one... We could be talking about it five years from now when Luka Doncic is one of the best players in the league saying, holy shit, I can't believe that's all they got. I was shocked that Trey Young went this high, man. I really am. I, I think I'm higher on Trey Young than you. I think Trey Young in the right situation is a, is is going to be an asset. I just don't know if this is the right situation. I don't know. They don't have a big man inside that is a do, like a DeAndre Ayton type big man. They don't. They have the guy Collins out of Wake Forest last year, who's more of an athletic four. Um, you know, they, I really, I don't really know what they have. Yeah, Schroeder's took, a good point guard. They yeah. took the player who we probably won't talk about much out of Maryland. I, his name is beside me at the point. Um, who got compared to like a Clay Thompson light can play defense. And These just comps drive me nuts. Shooter. Just to say, yeah, no, I can't and take them. And they're saying that oh, they're trying to build you know like the Warriors of the East Coast. You know. The Warriors light. It's just crazy. The Chauncey Billups one of the player comps during ever. that draft was just intolerable at times. Yeah. It's like you're you're literally comparing somebody to Kevin Durant, who's going to go down as one of the top three most talented players of all time. Like you, you can't do that. But 
No, I hear you on your uh, on your analysis. I mean, I think Luka Doncic, wow, easy for me to say, is um, is going to be a star. I, everything that he did overseas, being so young, already having that winning pedigree that we spoke to last uh, last time, winning the championship over there uh, in in the Spanish league, I believe it was. Um, so I, I think that Dallas is hoping he's their next Nowitzki, just you know a little bit more athletic, and he's going to be well when he when you he's going to he's not like Nowitzki's was a different player. This guy can play point guard for you, right? More um, so, just you know another a, a foreign player to come over yeah. and and be the building block of a franchise. I think that they're we're skipping over the fourth pick here, but this is just because of the trade. They did not give up that much to get him. I was shocked when the trade happened. Um, you know, a little bit less action than last year. Um, you only had two trades really that mattered in the first couple of uh, picks. But yeah, and I, star I, players weren't being moved from other teams yeah, either. I thought you know maybe Kawhi would go, but then the Spurs are being a little more timid on it. Who knows? I think he gets moved because he's gonna walk. We'll speak to that in a little a, bit that's too. Besides, yeah, yeah, that's for another minute. But um, yeah, you know, I think. When you have a guy like Dennis Smith, who's a pure scoring point guard, and then you have a playmaker at another position who's a great passer and makes every single decision right, and then you have a guy like Dirk to learn from, I mean, that's that's a really interesting young core. They're going to be a decent team, because keep in mind, they got Harrison Barnes on that team, who is a great defender. He's not going to give you much on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, he's a decent three-point shooter, and then you have Wes Matthews, kind of the same thing. Great defender. He'll hit threes. Um, he can even attack a little bit off the dribble. Um, aside from that, you know, you, you have what you have. You really don't have much, but they're going to be a little bit more of a fun team. I think Luka Doncic is worth like four wins on his own. Oh, probably. Yeah, um, no, I, I think he's going to be he's going to be one of those guys you look back on the draft and say, well, that was one of the best players, if not the best player taken, either A, immediately, or B, in the next five to six years. I think he... We use the word safe a lot. I think he's the safest with also the most upside. Yeah, absolutely. Him and Aiden. And and we yep. said that even on maybe the first or second podcast. It's a two-player draft, really. And then, you know, it dips off from there, which is why I'm really happy with what the Knicks got at nine. Uh, I well, think you Knicks, potentially got yourself an all-star. Yeah, the Knicks nine. were also in an interesting position because there was, a, there was about four guys that they could have taken and you would have been happy about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a lot um, of talent still on the board at nine. Absolutely, yeah. We could talk about that as we go down, but the next pick is Jaron Jackson. Not much you really need to say here. Um, you know, I guess the grit and grind Grizzlies are trying to stay the same. Um, this guy's a much more athletic, more supreme version of Zach Randolph. Guy can shoot threes, can defend positions. You know, three through five. He can even go out there on a guard. You're not going to be holding your breath on a switch. Uh, second youngest player in the draft behind Kevin Knox. Um, and I think that he was the right pick at four. Um, he'll he could probably be an all star. Do I think he's going to be the best you know four in the game? Tim Duncan kind of player? No, but he's definitely going to help out a team that if a healthy Michael Conley and a healthy Mike Marcus All might be able to make the playoffs, might be able to sneak in seven eight seed. Yeah, that eight seed will be open in the West. I mean, it's it's pretty fluid. It'll be interesting to see what they do. They may try and. Um, Make a packet, put a package together, and try and get rid of Chandler Parsons. That horrid. Well, contract. there was speculation, but they really can't that now they were going to use that, that pick, pick yep. with Parsons. To I think but, you're better off eating that Parsons contract and getting a player like Jackson, who's going to be really good for the next like ten years. Yep. Um, any thoughts on that? No, I mean I think you spoke to it perfectly. Uh, 
really good player, a lot of high upside. I think in the NBA you're could come be to a perennial All Star. He's going to yeah. be a really good. He's another one of these guys, and I mean it, it's it's a broken record because it's so blatantly obvious. But he's going to be another really good young player on another really bad team. So I, I don't think they're going to be that bad. I don't think you got to keep but, in mind last year Conley. I mean, obviously barring health, like any other team. Conley and Gasol are veteran guys, and I think don't get me wrong, they're Gasol's not hurt be a though. Seed. Gasol's been getting hurt though, and so is Conley. But yep. that's why I said barring injury, if that team can stay healthy and you can get sixty games out of Conley and Gasol somewhere in there, they'll be a seven or an eight seed. That's fine, you know. Especially Jackson will put a little life into them. Um, you know, they got Tyreek Evans who might be coming back as well. So it, Tyreek Evans had a really good year last year, almost made the all-star team. So that could be, that could be an interesting team. Yeah. They're I think, not going to do anything. They're not going to win. No, but, but I think like, when, make the playoffs. when we speak about those Western conference teams that have been drafting already in the top four, you know, you look at a Dallas with Luka Doncic and, uh, and Dennis Smith jr. And, and, you know, Nowitzki's old and, he struggles up and down the court, but you know he's still going to put in his points and he's and Wes Matthews and you know that's a team where I look at hey maybe they could take a little bit of a jump even Phoenix you know if their athleticism really pans out and Aiton is just a monster and Booker continues to fill up the stat sheet um, that's another team and Bridges plays well that's a team that I look at and say like hey you know maybe they're maybe they could make some steps I don't know what it is about Memphis I know they have the names you could even mention with Parsons if he you know if he yeah, can resurrect his career. And do anything uh, close to what he did in Dallas, um, they could Houston. make moves. Yeah, I, I just don't see it happening. I don't see them being one of those teams that's going to really make much of a jump because um, I don't think they're going to have that athleticism. I know Conley's a solid player, but you know when you have. Well, a... I just think they're going to end up, and I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I just think they're going to end up in what you like to call basketball purgatory, purgatory which yeah. is an eight, a nine, right outside of the playoffs, or, or an eight. Or seat. just in, yeah, yeah. And, but you know, I think they're going to be better because those guys are, you know, feasibly going to play this year, which they didn't last year. Conley played like maybe 15 games, got hurt, and then. They you know, shot probably him down. could have come back, but they were shooting for the lottery and they shut him down along with Gasol. Yep. But uh, moving on, because I think that was the pick that kind of had to be made there. I think it was the right pick. I agree with you. You know, and I think you're going to see Jackson's a lot more of a versatile player when he's not in a Tom Izzo run silly offense. Um, so we talked about the Mavs at five. You know, flopping those picks back and forth. Smart move. Um, think it might be the the move of the draft. Uh, number six, Mo Bamba to um, the Magic. And this made sense to me. Oh, yeah. It, it absolutely makes sense. It's just I don't really trust the, the Magic's decision-making, nor do I trust their player development at all whatsoever. Um, and if you're going to get a Mo Bamba-esque player, you need to get a, a, a competent point guard in there, aside from a DJ Augustine and a Shelvin Mack. Right. You need, you know, if they go out and get – a decent point guard on one of those big contracts, whatever they got the money to spend. You do not want to waste Jonathan Isaacs, who is a supreme talent uh, second year where he was hurt, but you know, you don't even remember his rookie year. And there is talks that they might look to move Aaron Gordon. Yeah. But you don't want to waste, even if you keep him Bamba, you don't want to waste Aaron Gordon's. If they can go out and get somebody for Aaron Gordon. Great. But just, you got, they need to sign. Even a Shane Larkin is still better than, DJ Augustine, who should be playing in China at this point, <laughs> and Shelvin Mack. Um, you know, Shelvin Mack led the team last year in assists at 3.8. Yeah, that's 
That's not terrible. what you want. Um, but yeah, I think that's definitely the move. I mean, we spoke to it during the pre-draft. The guy's got his a ceiling is so high. His ceiling is so high. He could be somebody that could just burst upon the scene this year yeah. and just even even you know defensively. Even he's going to be a presence. Offensive game isn't there. Defensively, if he can be in the. Um, you know, top 10 in the defensive player of the year voting just based off blocking shots, changing shots, and being able to even switch on the guards. I'm happy with that. But you want to see him develop somewhat of an offensive game, a consistent one. Because yeah. at Texas, there'd be some times where he wasn't so consistent. And but- he might be one of those guys that is going to go through the first part of his career at peaks and valleys. He might have some games where he fills up the stat sheet and he might have some games where he's completely absent other than the block shots. And as long as he's consistent on defense and the efforts there, but I think that's, he's going to be a good yep, player. And that ceiling is too high to pass up when he's still on the board at six. So I think that was a great pick for, for Orlando. You know, I'm not going to do anything like try to make some stupid comparison to a Shaq or something like that. Listen, he could be a really good player for them. The athleticism is ridiculous. The The measurables are insane. Um, he's got a high motor, which from everybody said is a huge thing for him. Can he stay healthy? Guys that size, it's hard. Um, but it's, he's going to be an exciting player, once again, on a, on a tough team. Yeah, so moving on to the number seven pick, Wendell Carter Jr. Um, you know, probably the most underwhelming but the most sure thing of all these prospects, you know, aside from Jaron Jackson's a little bit, not as underwhelming, uh, I guess. Overwhelming would be the opposite of that. But good, th- those good two job. are the most. Thank you. Those two are the most sure things. Um, you know, he's not going to be a superstar. I don't really know. They already have a slow, offensive-minded Laurie Markkinen. Um, this guy supposedly isn't the fastest, most fleet of foot either. Don't really know. I guess they can have a nice inside-out game because Lori can shoot it and put it on the deck every once in a while, and he's more of an inside post presence, got good moves, got good fundamentals already. Um, yeah, I don't not think... Not the worst pick, not the best, you know? No, and they're I graded mean, on the website I'm looking at right now as a B, which is what I would say. Yeah, it's that's fine. fine. I mean, Wendell Carter's a player that you looked at with Duke, and you were I like, hey, that's a, he's Knox fine. was going to be there. Like, yeah, I thought he was you know, I, I wonder there. what Chicago is going to do. I think they're going to be bad again this year. Um they don't really have a lot that stands out. No, I mean, you got Carter, Lori Markinen, you got uh, Chris Dunn, who who still I hold out hope for. He had a decent year last year coming off an injury. And then they have Zach Levine as well, who, you know, another guy that... But his, the injuries are a question. Yeah, but can, can fill it up when he's, when he's healthy. Um, definitely a good scorer. So I think they're going to be sitting in the lottery again this year this year but you know maybe they'll have a little bit more of a talented team there's a lot of talent in the nba right now and speak and there is and speaking to that your new york knickerbockers taking kevin knox at nine i thought that was a really good pick i know we mentioned it in the open that was a good pick colin sexton first yep with the Cavs. all right i guess we can go you notice how i wanted to pass over that because that is yet another former brooklyn pick um, oh, you yeah. wouldn't let me slide past that, would Absolutely you? All right, not. so Colin Sexton, very good I player. I think that's from a good pick, whether or not LeBron stays. He's a defensive you know what? stud on the on that end. So we we spoke to this last time. They cannot make decisions based on what LeBron's going to do. He's going to hold him hostage. He's going to, you know, he is not going to. 
regardless of what the Cavs did, he's not staying because of a draft pick that they make at eight. So I hope, yeah, I, I hope think Colin Sexton. Yeah, I think Colin Sexton is a very good player. He was right up there in the early season with Trey Young as most exciting players in college basketball, excluding uh, Marvin Bagley and DeAndre Ayton, kind of that second tier. Um, I mean, he's in, he's in a super quick point guard, really gets to the rim. He can shoot. Foul. He shoots free throws pretty well. Yep. Inconsistent shooter from the field, but, you know, if you and shoot he tapered, 75, 80% from the free throw line, I'm confident in you as a shooter. Yeah, he tapered off a little there at the end of the season, um, really even in the second half of conference play. Um, Alabama was a team that looked pretty good early. They fizzled out there towards the end. They lost some games that they shouldn't have lost, kind of because Sexton didn't play the way he did early in the season uh, out of conference playing a lot of those preseason tournaments. But, I mean, the guy's got a lot of talent. He's a a player that you look at and say, hey, you know what? If LeBron leaves, if you're a Cleveland fan, you can feel good about him being on that team. I mean, it's such an old team because of what LeBron has made that team have to be. I think that we could talk a little bit some more when LeBron leaves because then it's like... I like how you use the word when, too. Yeah, because it's almost inevitable. I would be surprised. I'd be more surprised if he came back than if he didn't. Um, Sidebar, I watched his son. I saw a clip of his son playing basketball at 13 years old. In fucking season, he's incredible. Well, he has made it known way down the line that he might want to do a Griffey thing and play with his son one year in the NBA. I, I don't see why not. LeBron can play forever him. if Absolutely. he wants to. So, um, But to go back to that, yeah, when we talk about free agency and all that stuff, when he leaves, it'll be a lot more interesting because you have some pieces that you can move. Guys like Kevin Love, a Jordan Clarkson, a Rodney Hood, a... Larry Nance, if you want to hold on to some of those guys, fine. If you want to, move I think it's going to depend Love. on what you can get for them. But yeah, Kevin I mean, Love, you might this be able was to a get good something. pick because if LeBron does stay, you're getting a guy who will probably play pretty well with him. And if or when the word you use is when he leaves, he's a player that the Cavs fans can feel decent about. And I wouldn't say that you're going to build around him if you're the franchise. I'm not going to make a comment like he could be like what Kyrie was when LeBron left. They drafted him and he was, you know, he a great young player on a really bad team. But I think Sexton has what it takes to be a good player in this league. Um, and that was a good pick. Again, a former Nets pick. Um, well, finally, they're that. done. They are now done and out of this. And they're making, as we will talk about later, they're making some moves on the they other are. side. This now, was the Billy King smart. regime. But um, no, I think for Cleveland, that was a good pick. So now, because we had to mention it, now we get to go to number nine. And the Knicks taking Kevin Knox. Spoke to it in the open, man. You're the Knicks fan on the, on the show. What are your thoughts? I think I think that was such a good pick. I think they had, you know what, the Knicks had a really good draft, and and Fizdale and whoever else they have in places of power now are are starting to look competent. Maybe they locked, um, you know, maybe they locked James Dolan in a closet somewhere, or he had. <laughs> again, I'll talk about his stupid fucking jazz band. Maybe he had, you know, a prior engagement and he couldn't make it that night. But the one thing I was worried about was them going after Porter. Porter we'll talk about when we get to 14 for the Nuggets. A good pick for the Nuggets, a much more talented team, and he looks a lot better at 14 than he does 9. But for a team that you already have your best player going to be sitting out probably three-quarters of the year, he might even sit out the whole year, you can't have your lottery pick sitting out the year because he has a bad back again. And I think that the player that you would compare Kevin Knox to is Michael Porter, and if you can get somewhat of his talent, 
out of a guy who's much healthier and a year and a quarter younger or something like that. I'm super happy about that. Uh, the guy, you know, he's six foot. I said on the other podcast I was wrong. I will admit it. He was six foot six. He's six foot nine with like a seven three wingspan. So he's a lot taller. Good ball handler. Uh, at work, trust me, I watched his highlights against um, West Virginia, who was supposedly one of the best college basketball defenses last year. Lit them up. It was embarrassing. <laughs> um, it was just and 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 they won by four points. It's not like he had a he had a thirty four point game where they won by ten or they lost by fifteen. The the points mattered. He was clutch. He has a very fluid looking jump shot. He can pull it up off the dribble. He can shoot off the pass and he can facilitate. Well. All right, let me bring you back down just a little bit. I know you're excited. He looks. I great. know you're excited. I'm with you. It's a very good pick. It's a very good pick. The way you're explaining him, you're making him seem like he's going to be the uh, the the best player of all time. But no, he's a good player. Um, and he's don't get me wrong; he could be a bust. There's certain things that he no, can't do. No, but I, I worry like, about him defensively. But but he's so young. He played so young. he played at one of the top programs in college basketball. He's so young that it makes me want to commit. <laughs> yeah, literally, I want to kill myself. Like yeah. No, it's it's not a good feeling. <laughs> uh, that's why we're talking about him. But um, to be fair, is. You know, Calipari knows how to make – he knows how to get those young, really high-ceiling players to mature throughout the course of the season to the point where knowing that they're probably one and done, the majority are one and done, that they're going to be in a position to succeed wherever they go in the draft. They He might be a guy that has a decent year. He might be a guy that has a really good year. But you look for sustained success, and this is going to be David Fisdale's first project, is how can you take and develop a player with high upside from a really good basketball program at Kentucky who has had success, but also, you know, I watched a decent amount of Kentucky games. I'm sure you did too, just because they're on all the time. It's like every game that they play is on national TV. I didn't watch him like I watched like a Malik Monk or De'Aaron Fox. I know they didn't make that kind of tournament run where he had the opportunity to kind of distance himself. But even in games, he didn't jump off the screen at for me. You know, he was a guy that looked good. He certainly looked like he was a very a sure thing on the court. But I didn't look at him and say, wow, you know, this guy is a transcendently good talent. And I don't know how anybody could pass up on him. But you know what? Maybe that's the player the Knicks need. And, and at nine... There was a couple of different options that they could have made, Michael Porter being one. I think Michael Porter reeks of a former Nick move or that quintessential Nick's move where he's got all the upside in the world, or all the measurables. Yeah, yeah, or trading Which up I to get Trey Young. Um, and, you know, like with the injury concerns and not really playing much of a year, it could it could be a tough situation with him. I think you said him at 14 to Denver made so much more sense from a safety perspective. Kevin Knox could turn out to be a really good player, and I think Nick fans generally – the. That's what makes me laugh about I'm the draft is they booed Porzingis and, you know, he's turned out to be the franchise, albeit, you know, on a bad team. And the jury, in my opinion, is still out on Porzingis, not his talent, but what he's going to do for long term for the team. But, you know, these guys, these fans and the people, you know, they don't know these players for more than just a name. And then they make a huge scene because it's at Barclays Center when it's not Michael Porter. And all of a sudden, Michael Porter becomes a folk hero in New York where, you know, where their hope, he, everybody around the city hopes they draft him. And this could be the pick where they went against the fans' wishes, which 
is easy to do when you're a bad team, especially in New York. And hey, you know what? I think Kevin Knox is going to be a good player. If I was a Nick fan, I, I would be happy with that pick. Yeah, I'm definitely excited. Um, as we talk about the Knicks later, I am, you know, over the moon with their second round pick. Um, but moving on, we got um, a trade. The Sixers selected Mikael Bridges, made him go through a press conference. I'm sure his mom, who's the VP of HR for the team, was ecstatic. And then they went and flipped him, which is really interesting because they don't even have a GM right now. Um you know, we talked about a few podcasts ago, their GM and his wife did some weird shady shit. And so basically Brett Brown, their coach and his, and a team of executives were the ones making the decision. And you know what? I got to be honest. I, I really like this. And pick this was not a Colangelo sides. Twitter, uh, handle that made the, uh, that made the announcement either. So we know it's actually good. Uh, well, there you go. We'll take it. Um, I guess you must've been holding on to that joke for a really long time. <laughs> um, so yeah, they 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 went ahead and got from Phoenix Zaire Smith and then a 2021 first rounder from Phoenix who got it from Miami in the Dragic trade, which I find really interesting and a smart move because um, it's a two prong thing. If they keep Zaire Smith, I was really ha- I was really high on him, supreme athlete. Um, shot blocker like Dwayne Wade is a guard. Um, definitely a good shooting stroke can get a lot more consistent as he gets older and, you know, just a, just a really good athlete. Definitely would be an interesting guy who you could see cutting and Ben Simmons, just finding him everywhere on the floor. Um, another thing, Mikel Bridges, it would have been an embarrassment of riches for the 76ers because Robert Covington, as much as I think Mikel Bridges is a more consistent offensive player, Robert Covington was just first team NBA, all defense. So, pretty good defender there um another thing you have to say is that they're getting a first round unconditional um could be the number one overall pick from the miami heat who if you look forward to 2021 by that time hassan whiteside goran Dragic, Dwayne wade and most of the other players probably won't be on the team and they might not be very good so you could be getting a four through one pick which another embarrassment of riches for the once terrible uh, Philadelphia 76ers. And the thing that's most important to me that I think is your really dream team now when the Knicks yes. go down, <laughs> the thing that's really interesting to me that, um, I think might be a bigger reason why they made this move was because that unconditional pick and Zaire Smith could be a really enticing package when you're trying to go out and get a guy like Kawhi Leonard. Um, that's a good point. You know, that's a very good point. That might be, if the Spurs are really being honest, which the Spurs are one of the best run organizations in sports to the Patriots of basketball. I don't think this is true. I think they're going to take the best package available, but you know, if the Spurs are actually being serious when they go ahead and say, Hey, we're not going to trade Kawhi to a Western conference team. There's not really a much better offer than an unconditional pick as well as a Philadelphia 76ers first rounder, Zaire Smith and, Robert Covington, Dario Saric, one of those other guys. Um, and then, you know, Philly gets who they need, and then the Spurs stay relevant. Because you have to keep in mind, um, Kawhi only played nine games last year, and they still were a playoff team. So, you know, retooling like that would be one of the better – that would be a great move for one of the better organizations. Getting a lot for a guy who they're going to get nothing for if they hold on to him. Yeah, no, totally. So I, overall, I think it was a great pick and an even better move. And you that. know what's funny is I hadn't even thought that far down the road because you keep hearing Kawhi to the Lakers or you keep hearing Kawhi to Boston and you haven't quite heard Philly mentioned in the same breath. 
mostly because he's kind of made his point where he wants to be a Laker and he wants to be in L.A., whether it be in a trade this year or as a free agent next. But, but if, if Philly can offer that kind of package and you're going to have the building blocks of, if fingers crossed, a healthy Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid with the rest of that supporting cast, they'll be able to fill out that roster if when, when J.J. Redick leaves and Marco Bellinelli leave and Robert Covington leave. They're always going to be relevant if they have Simmons and Embiid, and that's already looking like a very attractive destination in the Eastern Conference, yep. which right now is still wide open because is more Bo- wide open than ever. Right, with Cleveland looking like their window has passed and Boston looking like they're going to claim that number one spot. They have some questions of their own injury-wise and what they're going to do with some of their young talent. So if I'm thinking as a Philly guy, listen, even if you don't make that pick, you have you just acquired a really good young talent. And if you can have him on the on the floor with a Ben Simmons, whew, that's, that's good. Yeah, no, that is really good. And, you know, you take your chances if you're Philly saying, hey, he comes here for a year, he falls in love with the city, he falls in love with winning, he's got a, it's a good young team. And then I think Boston, honestly, I don't think Boston's even going to be involved in this. Um, this is just for me reading a lot of bullshit online. I mean, but we'll I, find I out think, sure enough in the next I few think weeks. Boston's but. in on Anthony Davis. I think that's who they're saving it up for, and he's the real prize. He's he's a transcendent player. He's better than Kawhi. Let's just go ahead. And oh yeah, um, no doubt. But moving on, that was a very interesting and a very telling pick and then trade. Um, and I think even if they hold on to it, I think Zaire Smith's a, you know, I think Zaire Smith isn't going to be as good and as much of an impact player immediately, but I think upside he's going to be Yeah, and he was one of those players in the tournament that was on a team that maybe people didn't follow throughout the year in Texas Tech, but when you watched him play in the tournament, he did jump out at you. Yeah, you notice you're like you, you know notice him. Tournament, you notice those guys hit, were like, "Whoa, hit, they're yeah, a little bit hit, better than everybody his else." His name stood out for sure and he left a uh, a pretty large mark on on a uh, and a pretty very good impression on anybody that was watching the tournament and and Texas Tech. Yes. So next up we have um, the Clippers traded the 12 pick and two second rounders to the Hornets for the rights to draft Shea Gildas-Alexander. I think if you're the Charlotte Hornets, I would have definitely asked for more than two second rounders. I don't know what the Charlotte Hornets have been doing. I, I, I would have asked for... I would have been like, no, I want I want a first-round pick for... Even if it's three years down the line, a first-round pick's way more valuable than two second-rounders. But... Well, they were loading up not, on those second-rounders, getting two from the Nets and the Dwight deal well, the day before. I mean, yeah. I, I don't really know... I don't really know what they're doing. But. No, yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. They... they they want to have their cake and eat it too, where they want to unload Dwight, but then you're going to take Timothy Moskoff back. But that we'll talk about in a, in a few minutes. Yeah. So, Shea Gilders Alexander, um, a guy that's good at getting to the rim, decent shooter, doesn't do anything great from what I watched this year in Kentucky, but does everything really well, and he has a high basketball IQ. Um, and if Jerry West makes the pick, I'm going to trust it. That's all I'm going to say about yep, that. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And we spoke to that in the last podcast too. You know, Jerry West, until he gives you a reason to doubt what his moves are, you can't doubt what his moves are. Yes. So then with the 12th pick, then the Hornets went, and this is such a Michael Jordan pick. And I like the player. It's just such a Michael Jordan pick, though. Miles Bridges. He always goes for the Frank Kaminsky college, you know, um, All-American, great in college. Like, I just think that this guy, I I think I like Miles Bridges, and I think he could be a a decent wing player. I don't think he's ever going to be, you know, a starter on the all-star team. I just think he's already 
I don't want to say a finished product, but much no, but closer we talked to a lot about him guys. already last time, and even throughout the college basketball season, that he's a guy that wherever he goes, he doesn't have a high ceiling, he doesn't have a low floor, he is who he is, a solid player who, in my opinion, is not going to make a tremendous amount of difference. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that that that's number twelve. Number thirteen, Jerome Robinson out of Boston College. I didn't watch a whole lot of Boston College this year, but I did watch uh, the. I think it was the opening to the ACC against Duke, where they where they beat Duke, and he had a great game. Don't really understand the pick um, here. I'm going to question Jerry West a little bit more on this one. They have probably more guards than anyone else in the league on that team. I don't know who they're going to let walk and whatnot. I mean, just go down the list. You got Shea Gildas Alexander. Now they got him. They got Patrick Beverly. They have Lou Williams, Austin Rivers, and the guy from Spain last year, Tazonia or whatever his name is. Well, that sounds like a lot of assets to me that they can utilize in trades this summer. But we already alluded to this earlier. Guards, especially point guards, which most of those guys are, are not at a premium. You're gonna get you're gonna get pennies on the dollar for these guys. Yes, but not to mention who got picked right after that is a guy who, when you're the Clippers and you're basically sitting in basketball purgatory, Michael Porter could be a star. Do I want him for the Knicks? No. But do I want him at thirteen? Hey, yes. I'm take telling a you, shot. Jerry West had to have looked at his medical and say, I can't take a chance. And maybe and maybe the guys he's taken and said turn out to be bust and Porter's upside and and all the intangibles turn out and he can be healthy and be and become a sustained high leverage player in the NBA for years for Denver. Um but I, I, I gotta trust Jerry West. He had to have believed that Michael Porter was not the guy to go with. And and who knows, only future will tell. But I'm not ready to really bury it yet. Uh, no, I'm, I mean, the I, guys I haven't can't. even dribbled the ball yet, so right. it is what it is. It's it's literally less than a week after the draft. Um, next up, we already alluded to this multiple times, Michael Porter. I think Denver, you know, this this is a pick because the draft after this kind of dr- drops Yeah, down. this will be the last one we really talk about yeah. uh, with the exception of a few notables. I mean, we're not going to continuously go in order, but no, this was a great pick for, for Denver. He, I'm sure they were smiling when they found out that he fell because 14 is at the end of the lottery where you take the highest upside player and a guy who had been projected to be top yeah, six or seven at the time. Nobody's going to be calling for the GM's job if the guy's out of the league in three years. No. But this was you know, the pick what you had people to are going to be saying in three years if, if he's good, what a steal. And he may yeah. sit out this year, and I don't like him for the Knicks because that would, like you said, be such a Knicksy pick. But that's five picks that. ahead of time when there Absolutely. was so much other talent Not, on the board. Now this was... Not even mentioning the fact that the Knicks are in a completely different situation than Denver is. Denver has a lot of young talent. They're looking to take a step forward. They sunk a lot of money into Paul Millsap. They're going to sink a lot of money into Jokic. So they're trying to make a push here. You know, they got Jamal Murray, who's a very good point guard, um, and a good he's a good shooter too. And they got Gary Harris. So in the guard department, they're good. You know, they make a couple free agent signings, and they're looking fine. I could see them being a six or a seven seed, maybe even a five seed next maybe. year if a couple teams take a step back. Um, and, you know, even if Porter has to sit out of here, I think this is the right pick at 14. Yep. Um, I'd like to make a, a point going forward, too, because I think I totally agree with you uh, in regards to Porter and Denver's situation. I cannot believe that Dante DiVincenzo went 17 to Milwaukee. 
yeah. wow is all I can say. Yeah, and you know who went right after that before before we even do that? And uh, this guy, it's just a classic, classic Spurs, Lonnie Walker. Yeah. The guy's a great athlete and a really good scorer, and I think that the, you could not be in a better situation if you're him. Um, you know, the guy, I just think he's going to have a really good He's career. going to such a good organization. They're going to develop him so well down there. Dante DiVincenzo to the Bucks. You happy about it? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, not that you're a Bucks fan, but what do you think? I, I was shocked. I, I was shocked he good went that high. Good or bad way? Uh, you know, I, I don't really know. I think I was expecting him to go. I was hoping he was going to be there at 29 for Brooklyn because – there was a lot of speculation as to whether he was even going to go pro. And then once he did, you know, he had just that such a sensational Final Four and championship game. But is he much of a finished product? Is he a second rounder? Is he a late first rounder? I was thinking maybe between 20 and like 25. When I saw Milwaukee take him at 17, I almost had to do a double take. Like, I couldn't believe it. Now, it makes sense for for a reason of he's got a lot of upside. Obviously, he can play in the big moments. That's a team that is going to have some success they already have. I think it'll be a nice it'll be a nice uh if they know. get the right coach that with the right coaching for him, uh, that's that's a good position. That's a I good situation for him. I think they have a nice three-guard rotation between Brogdon, him and um and Bledsoe. Um, you know, and then you have good big men between obviously Giannis and uh, Middleton, and then you have a young Thon Maker and a Jer- and um Henson. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that they got I talent think on that team. team. No, yeah. and I think DiVincenzo, and not to mention Jabari Parker, who they could flip for for another uh, either a, a another big man or or an, another interesting guard. You know, a package of. I mean, this would be – I wouldn't do this deal if I were the team on the other side, but a package of Eric Bledsoe and Jabari Parker to, for someone else, that's a lot of talent. But I probably wouldn't do it because one guy's always hurt and the other guy is supposedly a cancer in the locker room. Right. DiVincenzo, um, though, just from the pick standpoint, I think makes a lot of sense the more I think about it. High upside – He's a Mil- you know Milwaukee has kind of taken chances on guys like that in the past. I mean, his ceiling is never going to be higher than what it was coming out this year. They probably looked at him and said, listen, there's probably some safer picks in this draft, but we're going to go with what have you done for me well, lately, which was Porter, a dominant performance in a national yeah. championship. And after Porter, like you said earlier, the draft, besides I think Lonnie Walker, the draft really dropped off. Um, so, you know... Uh, a couple other notables because I think we're pretty much we're pretty much good after that. Yeah, um, we can talk about some of these guys if they start making a name for themselves in summer league or whatnot. Uh, Twenty seven, the Celtics got Robert Williams. Well, even before then, I thought Grayson Allen going to uh, oh, going God. to Utah. You need to hop off Grayson Allen. I don't Relax. like Grayson Allen, but I thought that was I, I thought, I'm starting to wonder. I think I think he that was even a little high for me. I I didn't. I mean, oh high, yeah, I but, agree. Yeah, I, I didn't think that was a. I I thought that was a little bit of a reach, but boy does. I was not surprised at all when he went to Utah. Utah probably looked at him and said, "Hey, maybe he could be a poor man's Gordon Hayward." And and if he and if he turns out, you know, very polished player. I'll, I'll say that about Grayson Allen is a four year starter at Duke is a four year starter at Duke. I'll tell you Who what, knows I what that's going to turn out to be? But good. on a good team, if if um, Donovan Mitchell takes that next step forward, you have Ricky Rubio, Joe Ingles, yeah, Gobert, of course. Gobert, of course. I mean, he could fit in quite nicely on that roster. And they probably looked at him and said, "Listen, is he the see the best player still around there?" 
No, but he's polished. He's played for a, a top, top college program for four years with a national title under his belt. I think it made sense. I, I was surprised he went that high. I looked at him once again kind of around the DiVincenzo line where maybe 20 to 25, which is where he went, but I was thinking more towards the back end, maybe even into closer to 30. Um, but they must see something in him, and and that he he could fit well on that roster. No, yeah, I, I think he's more fit for. A Sorry late. to interrupt, but I thought that was a big move to make. So I I really I really but, um, like that move. No, yeah, I I agree with you. I think he's better fit for a playoff team and to be a rotation player. You know, if an early team took him, I could see him being in in and out of the D League for the next few years. But if a playoff team takes him, playing less minutes. You know, just having him do stay within himself, fine. Play defense and shoot threes. He could do that. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. He can also facilitate a little bit and make some plays. But another guy I got, um, a couple more notables, Robert Williams, um, Texas A&M. This guy fell like crazy because he was projected to go like 15. Well, talent-wise, that's 15. But... The Boston Celtics go and scoop him up. Um, He'll be a star there. Just watch. Yeah, no, they're comparing him to, you know, he's a rim runner. DeAndre Jordan, Clint Capella-esque. Um, shoots free throws like DeAndre Jordan too, though forty percent. <laughs> but right. you know you don't really you don't really need that on the Celtics, anyways. You need defense, you need rebounding, and you need a guy that's going to catch lobs from all those other guys that are setting up the plays. And that's exactly what he is. And I think in a Brad, you know how I feel about Brad Stevens. Oh, in a Brad Stevens Brad run Stevens. offense. I think that he will be. I think, I think that everyone listening knows how, that, how you feel about Brad Stevens. But <laughs> all right, um, another notable one: Amari Spellman going thirty to the Hawks. They're really trying to be the Warriors here. This guy got comp to Draymond Green. I think he's a much better shooter than Draymond Green. A little bit more athletic too. He probably doesn't have the same fire as him, but if this guy can get in shape, you I do. think he'll be pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, we got you got in the second round moving down Brunson going to the Mavs. I mean, he'll be fine. He's like a good JJ Barea replacement. I think he'll do the same thing. He'll just be a good backup point guard. Just a solid solid guy. Um and then the one that uh, do you want we don't have to talk about the Nets, whatever. The one that <laughs> <laughs> the one that I am ecstatic. Let me about. project to all the Net fans out there. I know you're thinking what with number 29, right? Now, go ahead. We don't have to do it. Um, well, we can talk about it. The guy from Bosnia, he's a small forward. Um, all I see here in the draft that I'm looking at is that he's really, really skinny. So that's promising. Yeah, no, I'm sure he's really going to hold up uh, through the vigors of the NBA season. Both Nets players, I did see that they, they said they're planning on coming over, though, because a lot of guys yeah. get stashed for a few years. You know what? I will tell you this. If he can turn into like a Bojan Bogdanovic or even – a Mirza Toledovic kind of guy who can get hot and shoot threes and stretch like the floor. Billups just comparing white guys to white guys and black guys to black guys. What are you saying? That I'm making comparisons. <laughs> Clown. Um, <laughs> make comparisons to guys that came over overseas. I don't think those are much of a stretch comparatively, but uh, you know whatever you want to say. Um, but no, I, I. Why not? I mean, at 29. What was there that was really going to excite you as a fan? You know, get a guy who looks like he could be something maybe down the line. If he doesn't do anything, it's like, oh, what happened to the number 29 pick in the 18 draft? No one's really going to make a difference. It's not. He's not going to be the reason they win. He's not going to be the reason they lose. If they get anything out of him going forward, that's great. So... I, I we can move on. All right. So next up, I know you want to talk about your second round pick. 
Yeah, so let's just finish it off with this one. I don't think there's any other notables unless you want to throw another one in there. But this, I am over the moon about this when I saw them make that pick. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, the guy was the number two ranked center, the number 11 ranked player in the ESPN 100. Clearly not the best student in the world, but you know, there's, we're going to be talking about that. We might as well just not even talk about college basketball. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So he dropped out of Western Kentucky twice, but you know, he was a McDonald's all American, um, Super athletic, really fluent, good shooter. And, you know, I know the Knicks have a few big men on their roster, but I think he's a great compliment to Porzingis. And there's a difference between having a lot of big men on your roster and a lot of good big men on your roster. And the Knicks really don't. Um, Joe Kim Noah, I don't consider him on the team. I just, you know, Joe Kim Noah is <laughs> the like... The Jacoby Ellsbury of the New York Knicks? <laughs> no, well, Joe Kim Noah is like George Costanza at this point where they're just keeping <laughs> him around, paying him, but he's been fired for however long. Um, now that's a comp I can get on board. Exactly. With. Um, and then you got, you got Kylo Quinn already opted out, which I'm happy about. And you have, um, Cantor thinking about opting out. He should probably think about getting his dad out of prison in um, wherever he's in Turkey, but that's besides the point. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he, um, he's thinking about opting out. That's $18 million cap space cleared, which even if the Knicks go out and sign three whatever players or just eat that cap space, I'm much more happy about that than having a guy cancer who's not going to move the needle on, on this team. Uh, the one thing I will say, though, is I'd like to see where Cantor thinks he's going to go out and get $18 million in a cap-riddled lead. I will year. tell you this. In theory, yes, some team will do it. And I don't know who, but there's always that team out there that will look up and down the landscape of the league of how many guys who are not deserving of that money get it, and somebody will pay him. And whether it's a bad team who wants who overpays for what he does on the court or whether it's a, a ready-made playoff team that values him for what he is on the court, which is, I look at Ines Cantor as a winning player. I don't look at him as a building player, but he's a winning player on a good team. He's he will, he's one of those guys that you look at with that grittiness and toughness that Nick fans kind of fell in love with he's early. He's like a final piece. Exactly. But he's he's not a building block. But I just said that. So so don't worry. You're right. You're it's right. fine. Yeah, don't jump me here. So we're good. Um I, I think that was a good pick. I mean, it, once again, second round picks, you're trying to get with as much upside as you possibly can. Robinson's got upside. Yeah, I mean this guy, you know, talent-wise... So to Clay Anthony early, that didn't work. But once it's again, it's a second-round pick. Exactly, yeah. The, Let you know, Scott Perry see what he can do. Exactly. And uh, I'm much more confident in this regime than I was the one before it. I mean, I don't know. The Knicks have... I was excited when Phil much Jackson more was confident. running the team. But, you know, you just got to hold out hope. What else can you really do? I mean, I think Fizdale is a lot more competent than anybody that they had in this position since God... Van Gundy or maybe Pat Riley a long time ago, um, but you I'm know. sure you, I'm sure people were saying that about Larry Brown when he was there and Dan Tony when he was there. All but right. we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. Sure enough, I I can't beat up on him. I mean, look at my team. I was just talking about a European guy that came over that's incredibly skinny. That was the 29th pick. So. All right, so that's enough for the draft. But speaking of your team, why don't we move on to? Um, a couple of things. I think the Nets did a really good thing for once. Hey, you know what? This regime, you want to talk about new regimes, I am just in love with what Sean Marks has continued to do since day one. Um, all of these awful predicaments that the Nets have found themselves in has been a product of the Billy King era, where 
they gave up the entire future for Garnett and Pierce five years ago to the day on draft night. And listen, you're going to have to make certain moves and take chances on guys that have either fallen out of love with their current organizations or take risks at high upside guys later in the draft because that's where you found yourself picking. And, you know, the I think what really set it off was last year acquiring D'Angelo Russell, who has, when he was healthy this past year, was just an insanely good player. Um, they drafted Jared Allen, who I thought was nothing more uh, than a, you know, a rim protecting shot blocker with no offensive game away from three feet from the basket. He turned out to be a solid, solid player. He's just going to get better. Kenny Atkinson, the head coach has kind of gotten guys who were veterans, who were once good players that kind of fizzled out, absorbing bad contracts, taking them on like a Damari Carroll, like an Allen Crabb. Joe Harris has gotten better and all of that segues into where they current the move that they made right before draft day, which was trading the awful contract of Timothy Mozgov, which was a Lakers first move. He was thrown in, in the D'Angelo Russell move as a salary dump. They were able to trade his two years left and 30 million for Dwight Howard, who they subsequently bought out. Perfect move. But two prong great move. One, they they saved a lot of money on the salary cap. And, you know, after doing that, buying out Dwight Howard was the next best move. That get, you don't want to have that guy, you know, being an asshole, which is supposedly which what is he what is he, he's a cancer. You want to talk about team. cancer in the locker room, that's what he is. And I know that when the move was first made... The guy's been on six teams in the last six years. Yeah. There, the, when he'll the, be seven when he signs again. Right. When the when the move was first made, you think, ah, maybe he can back up Allen. Marks put the Knicks on that initially and said, I am not having him on this team. You know, the Nets have a lot of promising young players like a Curtis Levert, like a Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, like an Isaiah, Isaiah Whitehead, D'Angelo Russell, Jared Allen. They're, they're a team that is going in the right direction. You don't want to do what they have done in the past, which is bring in guys like Darren Williams and some toxic veterans who have no business being on a team that, again, is not going to be very good this year. So it also um, set up the opportunity for them in next summer to have the room for two max deals. Now, I don't know who's coming to Brooklyn. Who's worth that? Probably nobody. But Hello. I will. T- <laughs> but I will. Like five years. Yeah. Ago. Right. But I will tell you this: it's exciting because everybody that they've been bringing in, high character guys, you know, they're doing the best that they can with bad draft picks, taking guys like a D'Angelo Russell, who the Lakers wanted to get rid of. I can't. I can't argue. Since I like the these direction they're going. Put in. into place. There is not a single move that they've made that I I can say anything negative about. No, to to for the situation that they were put in, you you couldn't have done a better job. No, yeah. and I like I'd like to see them resign Joe Harris, who has turned into a really nice slash and dash three point shooter, tough defense. Um, 
I'd like to see them resign him. They're going to have the cap for him. So, you know, even if they have to overpay for a guy like that, the top yeah. free agents are not coming to Brooklyn. All you I think see they is, know that. So all, just yeah. keep developing. And, all and, you want to see is, you know, their win total definitely went up last year. Yeah. Eight, you want to see it go up again this year by maybe five or, or eight games again. And yep. you want to see these guys get a little bit better. Which is what the case is. And the veterans that they get, you know, Damari Carroll, who really looked like his career was over in Toronto, ended up having a very good year. Was it on a, on a good team? No. No, but he played very well, and he's one of those veterans that is a high-character guy for those younger guys trying to develop and find their way in the league. Yeah, and if he has another good year, you know, maybe midseason, you can flip him for something of value. They have some assets. They don't have great assets, but they have assets, and they have cap space. And and they don't I don't seem like they're going to be the team to fucking throw that cap space. No, away. and I, I you know there's rumors to Aaron Gordon if, if if Orlando lets him go, I'd I would be okay with that. Uh, young another, player, yeah, why yeah, not? another young player who you think with an Atkinson system can develop into kind of that next level, which he hasn't quite done consistently in Orlando. So. I thought it was a really good move when I first saw it. I, I didn't really think buyout, but then once I was thinking about it, I was like, they're going to easily buy him out. It made all the sense in the world. Let him go rot on another locker room. And, um, you know, free up that cap space. They got rid of Mozgov, thank God. So, uh, why not? You know, like, it's it's hard to be passionate as a Net fan. It has been a, it has been a long last few years, but they're in the right direction. I think anybody in the basketball, the one thing that we have learned and seen – is the way basketball is such a brotherhood. And the NBA, you know, even if you're a bad team, you go on notice for how your organization is run. And are they going to be good? No, I, I do not expect them to be a playoff team. Maybe if all things go well, they're an eight seed. But they're gaining a lot of respectability across the landscape of the league where some of those second-tier free agents who want the money but are and are going to look and say hey Brooklyn's a good destination I could go there yeah absolutely you know and um I mean I know I understood what they were trying to do trying to take the crown from the Knicks when they could trade for KG and Pierce but really, I'm not going to really be a fraud I loved it I loved the move because the at the time it was well you have Darren Williams who at the time was still a elite point guard you had Joe Johnson who was a top scorer at the time you had Brooke Lopez who was one of the best scoring centers and the thing that they missed from the year before was they didn't have that they didn't have that championship pedigree they didn't have the grit and the grind they were kind of just you know they won against bad teams they wanted to take that next level Lopez got hurt Garnett and Pierce obviously were not what they were but you mortgage your entire future. You can't do that. And and they, and they have paid. Again. It won't happen again. They paid their price. Um, so, you know, it's exciting to see them at least move in the right direction, doing whatever they can. So Absolutely. So, yeah, we're about an hour in. I think that just about does it for the draft uh, extravaganza. Next week, you know, Friday the 29th is the day that players can announce if they're going to opt out or not. So you're going to be hearing players like CP3, LeBron, Paul even down George. to Paul George, down to guys like Kevin Durant, um, down to guys like Cantor and yada, yada, yada. Um, find out if they're going to opt out. NBA free agency starts on Sunday. Um, it's I feel it's like, like the wild, wild west with free agency. Yeah, and this year is going to be Especially because it's tampering. But, you know, I feel like this year it's going to be super, super slow. You know, it's not going to be like the NHL where it's like free agency starts in 30 minutes later. You're like, all right, well, that wraps that up. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, yep. LeBron's going to drag this shit out. 
Paul George is going to drag this shit out. The Kawhi saga, it's going to be just like Kyrie Irving of last year. It's going to get dragged out. Everybody, it's all. Everybody's going to drag it out. So it, it, it'll give us something it's to a talk soap opera. for the whole summer. And then, you know, next Sunday we'll have some MLB to talk about because we left it off of this podcast as well. Um, Yankees don't look as great as they did the last time we spoke, but it's one series, so we'll just we'll just leave it yeah, at that. They'll be in the middle of a three-game set with Boston when we talk next, so yeah, that um, will be that'll be a big-time test. I'm hoping, you know, just to say it because we're not going to talk before then. I'm hoping the Yankees take two out of three there. Um, they got.